1: Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan, and I'm Connor Flannery, and this is our 67th official episode. Today, it's just the NBA bubble recap. We just watched the Blazers go toe to toe with the Grizzlies. It was so fun. I got my Grizzly shirt. uh, I got my Blazer (laughs) shirt on right here. I got the John Morant shirt in the background, just as an honorary, just a tribute. Um, And yeah, I'm just. I want to talk about the bubble. It's been. It's been a great experiment,
0: honestly. For real, Uh, and. In case you have been up to date, we did an episode about a week ago, um, but it was just like an NBA award show. So we really haven't talked about the bubble at all on the podcast yet. And obviously, there's a lot to catch up on, including stuff that has happened outside of the bubble, but in this sort of bubble period. Well, let's just jump right into it.
1: Yeah, so I think, I think we're just gonna go through a few headlines. The, the saddest one. Was that Jonathan Isaac went down with the ACL injury? I was really just sad about that because he he's such a good player despite getting injured every every year, right? Like he's he's for missed real, a substantial portion. He's he's missed a substantial portion of a season for every season of his career, which is what like three or three or four seasons. And obviously, like he is Defense player of the year candidacy for a wing. Like he's he's long, he's athletic, he can block shots, he can get steals. W- what does this do?
0: for his future and for the Mavericks future,
1: uh, for the Magic's future?
0: Yeah, this is a, this is a really good question. Is I, I, I've been sort of one who's been advocating the, this whole season that, and even kind of last season too, that the, the Magic's front court is a little bit too crowded. Um, and, and so one of the things I've been talking about, if you remember, I did, we call them STF solos, but I did a video by myself about, you know, like New Year's resolutions for every NBA team. And I think I said then for the Magic, that they had to free up some space in the front court because they just have too many guys in the roster who need minutes, right? So you kind of need to pick a direction, but in doing so, you probably need to trade one of Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Nikola Vucevic, Kem Birch. They just have, they have a lot of really solid bigs and-, and Bo Bamba. I don't know how I forgot him. They have a lot of really solid bigs and kind of have not enough minutes to go around. Um, so what, what I think is most interesting about the Magic's future here is that I think if, you had, if we had seen a healthy Jonathan Isaac next season, I think that the Magic would have kind of said, okay, so out of everybody, anybody on the roster, I think Jonathan Isaac is the guy that we're most ready to say is like a cornerstone kind of building block, right? Everybody else is can be moved. Maybe you say the same about Mo Bamba, but Vucevic, great win-now player, but he's not really a part of our future. The thing is now that if we don't see Jonathan Isaac for any of next season, guys like Aaron Gordon or Nikola Vucevic are becoming a lot less expendable. And so the argument that I've been making for over a year, basically, that the the Magic kind of need to just do something about their front court, I think is going to get pushed back even farther by the fact that we won't be seeing Jonathan Isaac. They're going to be even more hesitant to make a move because we don't know what Jonathan Isaac will be seeing when he comes back. Probably in twenty one, twenty two,
1: which is hella, which is hella sad. Like, yeah, he's he's pretty much done next year because the average injury time for an ACL injury
0: is, is, is about at 12 least a full months. year. Exactly,
1: about twelve months. Um, in August, been- so
0: right now we're in August. And next season, if it's if it's scheduled normally, right, if it starts on time, which I think at this point it's supposed to, will end in June. So he'll be. He'll definitely miss all of next season, basically. Which is so sad. And then
1: also, I'm pretty sure he's due for a contract this upcoming year. So not this free agency, but the next free agency. Uh, either the Orlando Magic have to give him extension or he's going to become a restricted free agent and he can sign elsewhere. And so so that, that
0: obviously also... If, if you're the Orlando Magic... I was going to say, you asked me earlier about the Magic's future. That obviously also factors in, is if they're going to have to make a decision about whether to extend his contract to bring him back, how much money they're willing to pay if they get in a bidding war with another team, um, without having seen Jonathan Isaac for the last year. Um, and look, tricky. Like, they're, like,
1: Jonathan Isaac is going to be on this team past next year we'd like to think so yeah no just they they have no other talent that they would choose over him
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so I, I don't think it's a matter of if jonathan isaac will be on the team i just think it's a matter of how much he will get paid because what if they i honestly i think like i would hand john isaac like a because usually these deals like four years so i would i would hand jonathan isaac like a like a like a four-year 20 million dollar a year like easy right and then but Jonathan Isaac, is probably if he's healthy, he's probably going to be worth more than that. But the risk value is there, um, like twenty million dollars a year. That's like, that's like I don't know, like a fifth or a sixth of your team's salary, and you don't want that if you're going to have a guy who's missing a third of the season or or half the season. So it's going to be the risk reward value. But I think, especially with these bad teams you see them almost always keeping their restricted free agents, keeping their young guys, because that's their future. They, they have nothing else to play for besides keeping that talent.
0: That's definitely true. Um, I, I agree. I, I think they should be sort of all in on, we'll keep Jonathan no matter what the cost is, because as you said, they don't really have a lot of other building pieces, um, You know, or at least pieces that they know are building pieces for sure. Um, so I, I guess just sort of the scary thing is, well, for one, we don't know what the salary cap is going to look like, right? So it's really hard to predict how much money he's going to get. But I guess you're going to be throwing Jonathan Isaac a lot of money without any guarantees that he'll be the same player when he's back, which is obviously very sad, but that's the truth about injuries. You know, he's a tall guy. He's 6'10". He's most, you know, his most valuable asset is the fact he's a very versatile defender. He moves really well on that side of the court it's not the fact that he's a great shooter or that he can create a lot of space, right? Kinds of things that don't go away with your athleticism. Whereas his defense would in theory go away if he lost a step, at least his elite tier defense that we see right now. Right? So if we're expecting Jonathan Isaac to get to first team, all NBA defensive player of the year conversations, which I think a lot of people do um, this ACL injury could really, slow him down on that trajectory um which once again yeah. is really sad to say but is kind of the truth there's potential for that
1: yeah M- just moving on i want to talk about the suns real quick like of course dude, the <laughs> not only did they go 8 and 0 and not only was like it's crazy that they went and won when 8 and yeah. 0 they're the suns they're not supposed to be good my favorite part of this run was the suns twitter <laughs> Yes, <laughs> like That's true. they were, they were, they were making like pure comedy on the daily, like on the hour, on the yep. hour, every yep. hour. They were just interacting, like if uh, if the Blazers were playing the Celtics, they would at the Celtics and say, "At Celtics, we're rooting for you. Like we're pulling yep. for you. Like and it's like good morning to everyone who." and Blazers. I'll like. <laughs> I'm sleep. Like whoever, whoever is running that account needs a Kudos. big pay raise.
0: Kudos for sure. I uh, and then obviously social media factors into the reason that the bu- the bu- uh, the Suns were so fun over the course of this bubble. But more importantly, um, is the mm-hmm. fact that <laughs> we agree to disagree. But more importantly, in my opinion, it was their on the court stuff. Um, they were just unbelievable to watch um it, but i i guess i think that because they were so damn good um it, a lot of nba fans are disappointed that we're not seeing them in the playoffs and so i kind of want to get your take on this is are you a little bit like frustrated they weren't even in the playoff game after going eight zero?
1: yeah I, w- I was very mad i think if i wasn't a huge damien lillard fan um I would have actively (laughs) been rooting for the suns to get into the playoffs, but it got down to the point where the trailblazers were playing the Brooklyn Nets. And if the trailblazers won, they had the eight seed. And if they lost, they dropped down to the 10 seed, and the suns would have gotten into the playoffs. So I obviously, I wanted the blazers to get in, but I was saying, like, I hate to be the bad guy here because everyone else wants it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the bad guy. Like, if I could have it both ways, I would, um, but it was mutually exclusive. But I, I just feel bad for the Suns in that, like, why were they invited to the Bucs? Anything better. Everything that was in their control, they did correctly. Yep. And they don't get rewarded
0: for it. That's that's exactly sort of the way that I've been thinking about it is I'm not sure – I'm not even really mad that they weren't in the play game. game um, because I think that the, the Grizzlies – and the Trailblazers, at the end of the day, we're the team that deserved to be there. Because I don't yeah. think you can just forget the fact that, the you know, 60 games before this existed. Um, I think they earned agree. it. But I do think it's a little bit silly that it's like, the Suns could literally have a perfect bubble and still miss the playoffs. It, it's like, why were they there? Um, and now I get it's because like, okay, you add in these TV ratings, and you need to have games before the playoffs to even make it uh, to give chance, players a chance to warm up and get in back back in basketball form, whatever. Um, but, but I sympathize with them because it's like you gave them hope. Right. And then, and just stripped it away. Um, but we've been hearing a lot since then, you know, Deandre, and like, okay, we, we earned the respect of the league and we're going to be back next year. He said that at like, you know, the end of one of the games, right. Armani Williams, all over social media, they, they, he gave like an emotional speech in the locker room that was sort of like, I don't really care what happens tonight between the Blazers and the Nets. Either way, whether we make the playoffs or not, I'm really proud of you guys and what you accomplished, right? And, and, the, and the league is taking notice. Um, and so I guess on one hand, I'm, I'm annoyed that they, that they could go perfect and not even make the playoffs. But on the other hand, it's like they showed up, they, you know, they caught the attention of the NBA world for the last couple of weeks. Um, and really prove their worth. So I think they have a lot to be proud of, and Suns fans have a lot to look forward to. One thing that
1: I think people, I mean, I'm biased. I'm wearing a Damien Lillard shirt, mm-hmm. but I think one people, or one thing that people are underappreciating is like, oh yeah, like people are talking about like, oh, who should be the bubble MVP? Should it be Damien Lillard? Yep. The answer is yes. And it should was. It be, and it was, and Man, it was. It Although, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, mm-hmm. It's like should it be Damian Lillard, should it be Devin, or should it be Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns because yep. he went off and the, and the, and the Phoenix Suns went eight zero when no one thought they would. I'm like, the the Trailblazers had nine. Per, like people are talking about like, oh, the Phoenix Suns had a one percent chance of making the playoffs. The Trailblazers had a nine percent chance of making the playoffs. Like, like it, it still no one saw this coming. The Phoenix Suns went eight zero. The Trailblazers went six and two. Yep. And and the Grizzlies went two and six. Can you believe that they went two and six? That's horrible. Pretty unreal. Yeah, like the Suns. I don't know the Suns. The fact that Grizzlies went two and six and they they made it over the Suns is frustrating. Um, But hey, I mean, they deserved. They put up they put up such a such a fight today. Like that
0: game. This
1: man right here was really fun. This man John Morant bro, he's he's gonna be a bona fide star one day. Bucket, like, he's already yes. good.
0: Bucket, he's already yes.
1: all star caliber. Caliber. He's gonna be so good. I still I still have, I have the uh, Murray State John Morant jersey coming on the way. It still hasn't come.
0: The, the two things I noticed about about John Morant that game that that I just kept thinking about and I felt like I should bring up is one I mean, he has this move where he'll he'll line up at the three point line. He'll iso with his defender. He'll like take a couple steps back, sort of like escape, dribble back. Then he'll just like tense up and just run at you, just like, <laughs> I don't even like I don't know how to describe it. Just like like into uh... the basket and just like hesitates and goes back and forth, changes direction to cut a bunch of times. And it's just like the defender freezes, doesn't know what to do, and all of a sudden he's at the basket. He gets free throws, he gets a layup, he gets something, or he gets one of those crazy poster dunks that he never makes. Um, but it's always fun, and that's and so on the offensive end, he's unstoppable. Yeah, just because of that move. If you let him get one on one, he gets yeah. the bucket. the, the uh, just to
1: just to break that down, the move specifically, like I don't know, like I'm a hoop. Brad grew up like going to basketball camp or yeah, month, yeah. like going to showcases, whatever. The move, at least where I've learned it, it's called like the Pistol Pete because Pistol Pete mm-hmm. kind of like invented it, and it's uh it's used like in transition or. John Morant literally creates his own transition, creates his own like momentum yeah. by just backing up and then running exactly. and running forward. Where you 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 throw it from like, I don't know, let's say ball starts in your right hand, you throw it from your right hand to your left, not really like a crossover, but kind of just drop it from your right to your left. As the ball is going down, your your right foot jabs like you're gonna go to the right, and then your ball is in your left hand, you just you just it yep. works every time. He, he um, like
0: does a little thing where he like it's he jumps in the air and like hesitates in the air, like like just does that, like shimmies or something, like in midair, and then just poof, takes off at the basket. And every so time, bad. it's so it's so fun to watch the defender freezes. The other thing I want to mention is that at the end of the game, he was the one consistently guarding Damian Lillard, and then, as I tweeted, actually it, it, in, in the in the midst of the game. Damian Lillard ended up being the third best player on the trail for the Trailblazers that game, behind CJ and and Nurkic. That's no, not, stop. That's not true. Yes, it is. It's it, not Nurkish, true. Nurkish okay, put I'm going to the box right now. Year, put up a 2020 game, um, and CJ McCollum scored like probably eight of the last ten for the Blazers, or something like that. Like CJ McCollum okay. went off right at the end. So eventually, they took okay. him. The right he, he was the third off, best scorer, and put they put Damian Lillard. Sorry, they put John Morant on C.J. McCollum instead of Damian Lillard. But either way, he was guarding the most lethal offensive player on the court at, at, for the, uh, in the in the Trailblazers' backcourt, which for most of the game was Damian Lillard because, of course, and then right at the end of the game when C.J. got hot and was getting all the ISO looks, it was C.J. But, but credit to him. I think ran- they don't talk about John Morant's defense. They just talk about his offense. Just throwing it out there.
1: Okay, random non shout out to the web browser yahoo because somehow that's my default browser and i just looked up (laughs) grizzlies blazers box score and it just did not give me it um so i i had to type in google um went to google and do like yes like he went off the end but like okay so damien lillard had 31 points Mm cj mccallum had 29 that's comparable damien lillard had 10 assists cj mccallum had one so leave okay
0: okay okay Okay. like he okay clutch time though you have to admit damien lillard did not show um okay. he didn't like need pe- pe- because pe- CJ. People did. are
1: watching this. People are watching this like
0: Yeah. Yeah, he didn't need to,
1: but um people are watching this like Connor, just like Connor Gieland, just like, like let it go. But no, like no Damian <laughs> Lillard's a baller. I, I will that is not, I will that
0: not. Is, it is not meant to be disrespect to Damian Lillard, by the way. Obviously, Damian Lillard is the bubble MVP and he deserves it. But in that game, he was the third most important player on the Trailblazers on the court for the Trailblazers.
1: In I'm the sorry. last five minutes.
0: Okay, maybe. It's, Except, except in the first half, yes. Yusuf Nurkic had 17 rebounds, 15 points. Yeah, so, that,
1: that's so great. On pace, <laughs> I tweeted out. <laughs> by the way, follow us on Twitter at floor I I think we have some good content. But I, I I tweeted I just tw- tweeted three words just just Yusuf Wilt Nurkic
0: <laughs> like. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Like, dude, he was just, he was so Wilt-like. Um, actually, yeah. he was, yeah, I don't know, he was more Bill russell like but dude, it was so funny just seeing, like, Jonas Valanciunas for the Grizzlies versus Yusuf Nurkic of of the uh, Blazers, and I was like, man, like, Eastern Europe, I tweeted this, Eastern Europe must just be so proud of their big men right now. For real. Because um, it was just, like, giant versus giant. It was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and uh, Mello was pissing me off like he had 21 points but eight of them like 10 of them were, were free throws he was like he finished the game like one of six from three and that one True. was the last one
0: this is this, this is, is uh, the, it's something that i've been I've, i kept saying in our, in our like group chats because for some reason we ended up like live texting with a group of our friends like all of these games um and i kept saying that like I, I, Connor connor gillen said um that the two biggest X factors for the trailblaze, I think, had been Gary Trent and in, in Mello's shooting. Because if they hadn't showed up, the Blazers would have been kind of screwed, basically. And, and I was like, true, except Mello shooting only in the last wow. the game. Because Mello basically doesn't show up, and then in the last five minutes, he hits one huge three, and then that's it. Like, that's all he does. Um, but something about Mello's like, clutch sheen. He'll be on the court the entire game and you tweeted, at, I know Kenny Bichon, King of the Fourth Quarter from YouTube, you tweeted at this clip of, like, um, Melo taking, like, a pull-up mid-range, and Yusuf Nurkic just, like, bending down and touching his toes in frustration. Like, as Melo took it, doesn't even watch it watch it miss, just knows it's not going in um, because, I guess, Melo does that. So, the, basically, the entire Blazers roster is frustrated with Melo, and then he hits that one huge three in the game but it was funny because I've been talking about Mello hitting those big threes, like one big three in the last five minutes of every game. And then he did it again today. So shout out to Mello for that.
1: Shout out to Mello. Shout out to everyone, man. Zach Collins. I, did he get hurt? Cause he only played super productive. He hit a three, nice. hit a corner three. Um, I don't know I'm just I'm as a Blazers mini fan I really just want them to have sustainable talent and like I don't know like the fact dude Gary Trent is just saving yeah <laughs> he's just saving this Blazers season yep. because like yes like Nurkic is returning and he's great and yes Damian and CJ are great and yes Hassan Whiteside's good and Melo's good but they had they have no one off the bench. They have Hassan Whiteside, who's now off the bench, who had a bad game today, and they they just their wing game. They had no one to play small forward. They had no one to play small forward, which is why they're gonna get clapped by the Lakers. Like I of I course. think the series will go to six, just because everyone else will play so good. Okay,
0: I, th- I think that's a bit of a hot take. I think
1: it, it is. It is. But I think the thing that. The only thing, this is a bold take, the only thing that is preventing the Blazers from like actually pushing this to seven games versus the Lakers is the fact that LeBron's going to be guarded by Gary Trent for 30 minutes a game. Or Carmelo Anthony I don't, for 30 minutes a game. I don't know if game. it's the
0: only thing, but I do agree that that will play a major role. Um, but I, and also, I don't
1: know, because I think, I think Yusuf matches up like well with Anthony Davis. Ah, and if, if they play is- the two center <laughs> lineup.
0: And, that's a major stretch. I'm sorry, like Yusuf Nurkic is very is like very good. He's an excellent rebounder. He's a great scorer on the offensive end. He's super reliable. I love Yusuf Nurkic, but saying that he matches up well with Anthony Davis is is definitely a stretch. Um, and, and and to be fair, okay, like, anybody, I mean look anybody, at like the right other now, Western Conference right teams. now who's thinking, oh well, the Blazers have a Sam Whiteside. A Sam Whiteside is the best shot blocker in the NBA, or he leads the NBA in shot and block shots. Stop it. Stop it. Hassan Weissner is not actually a good defender. If you've been watching the bubble, you know what I'm talking about. This man, every time every time a team scores against the Blazers, he just goes, oh, oh. He just throws his hands up in frustration, like, like as if it's not his fault. It's driving me nuts because um, I don't, like, I think that all he it does, is. I think all he does in the defensive end is get, like, huge, like, monster, like, let me wind up and smack this ball into the fourth row. But he doesn't actually make any just – plays that don't show up like that you know it's like to it's like make one play that people aren't going to post on social media and then i'll give you some respect um sorry <laughs> sorry for that mini rant but yeah but anyway he, like, i think I'm, i think i going to off on their big man too i
1: don't know i feel like no like I, the, the thing that concerns me is lebron because okay. not, i think anthony davis like they at least the blazers like kind of have the bodies um just the same way that I think the the Thunder match up decently with with them in that they have like Steven Adams and New Orleans Noel, but I think LeBron James being guarded thirty minutes a game by Gary Trent and Carmelo Anthony is going to be catastrophic. Like, agreed, like agreed. LeBron in the first round is going to, he's going to drop like like thirty and fifteen a night. It's going to yeah. be insane.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me let me jump back over to uh, to you talking about Gary Trent and, and sort of carry that over to breakout players from the bubble. Um, I obviously Gary Trent is one of them because he averaged like 20 and 50% from three at some, for some stretch of in the bubble. Um, the other guys I had on my list, I sort of said, I've this written down were Michael Porter jr. Bowl Bull, Bull Mikel bridges. Um, do you have anybody else to throw on there? I'm curious. I think those guys are kind of self-explanatory. Um, did, you, did you disagree with any of them or have anybody to add to that?
1: Um, I, I didn't hear the last name you just said, but I, I think that – I don't know if this is the name you just said, but I think Derek White has been playing pretty mm. well. I think he should get some kudos for that.
0: Um, I said, I I said Mikkel Bridges, but that makes sense too. I don't know
1: because I, I think, like, a lot of people are just, like, playing slightly above their role. I, I don't know if I have anyone in mind off the top of my head. I think Gary, Gary Trent has just been phenomenal. I, honestly, I think Yusuf Nurkic might be on that list just because, like – I, I personally wasn't surprised, but I followed the, the Trailblazers fairly closely. I think, like, yeah. if Yusuf Nurkic – this is a hot take. If Yusuf Nurkic did not, like, get seriously injured last year, so therefore he had another year to, like, get better, I think he's, like, I don't know, he's, like, 24 or something, like maybe 25. I think by the time he hit, like, 28 years old, he would be an all-star.
0: I mean, I'm not going to call you crazy. I think he's really good. I don't – but I, I've heard you throw or throw around the word potential with Yusuf Nurkic a couple of times, and I don't know if I would associate that word. Like, I don't know if i put that in the same sentence with Yusuf Nurkic, just because I don't think he's getting a lot better from here. I think he's already great. I don't, but I don't think he's like got a next level. that He's gonna. I get.
1: don't know, dog. Like, like he he shot like twelve three. Like he shot like ten threes throughout the season and uh. made like two of them. And then he just he shot two for three from three tonight. I'm like, yeah, I guess, bro. I like, mean, what I mean, if he gets not a, not what if he gets a, a like a flamethrower? I don't. That'd I don't fire. see
0: him ever like consistently doing what he did tonight. Is my I guess my point. Um, I don't know, if like, he did, obviously much? he'd be one of the best centers in the NBA. Like he'd be like top, you know, three, four centers in the NBA. I just don't like he can't repeat that always.
1: I don't know, but the thing is, for me, like, what
0: what's like how
1: much better is Sabonis than him? You know,
0: not that much. If. You know, but but Sabonis was barely an all-star this year. Also, I feel yeah,
1: like I'm not saying he's a good all-star. Like Andre yeah. Drummond was an all-star one year. Sabonis like is also all
0: ah, I guess they're the same age, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good point. Yeah, Should, could, could could use beat out Sabonis for that all-star spot next year? I guess in theory. But you have the East-West problem, um, where like like Sabonis like wouldn't have been an all-star in the West. I don't think. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting point. Maybe. We've been um,
1: talking so much about
0: Yusuf today. It's great. I mean, shout out to Yusuf, though. He's He killed it. I guess he just killed today. Like Yusuf right. fan
1: club. I forget what? who was who who the fan club we had last week. I don't know.
0: But this week it's Yusuf. Um, it was like PJ Tucker or something like that. I forget.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it was PJ Tucker fan <laughs> club. Yeah. I, I guess we should have a new fan club every week.
0: To really cool. quickly to, 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 to go back to that Damian Lillard uh, bubble MVP thing. He won United as MVP, and I. I think both of us agree that he should have um, the competition outside of Devin Booker, who obviously led the Suns to an 8-0 record. Would I guess be T. Jesus Warren? Um, nah, it would be but,
1: Harden. Like I, I think like T.J. Warren is he would be perceived as the bubble winner because he improved, but like just yeah. based off of numbers, Harden still had a better bubble than him. You know,
0: they they put him on the uh, all bubble first team. Which I think is noteworthy. Which,
1: there were, yeah, there like, wasn't
0: a single big man on there, by the way. Um, so they clearly didn't yeah. care about position. It was like Luca, Harden, uh, T.J. Booker, um, Dame. Booker, Dame. Yeah, exactly.
1: And and so with with that, like, oh, it's like I think it's I think it's good to put. TJ Warren over Giannis on that but TJ Warren I don't know if he had a better bubble than Giannis you know like I don't know if he played better but I think it's still good like I think like the the transformation uh if, you, if you're listening right now follow our Instagram at Space Floor Podcast we're revamping it we're redesigning it it's gonna be cool yeah um, just drop the post right before we hit record um about the Blazers and how they could take the they could take the Lakers to six um uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, well, uh-oh. and so. There was a post on there, and I just I broke down like the like the four reasons that TJ Warren is is going off right now. Yeah. Uh, Just to summarize, reason one is he's always been pretty much like he's always been a bucket. He's averaged twenty points per game this year, nineteen points per game last year. He just didn't get that coverage because he was playing for the Suns and for the and for the Pacers, right? Uh, Option two or uh, the reason two is because. Uh, he's shooting like 52% of his threes option or uh, reason three is because the, uh, the Pacers offense yields like a tremendous amount of open shots for him. Like I I looked through Mm -hmm. the advanced numbers, all of the shots that he's been very efficient with and the shots that he's taking the most is cash and shoots or one dribbles. So that means he's not going in ISO and creating his own thing. It's just the Blazers offense is getting him wide open looks and he's knocking them down. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth one is that he's just, the fourth thought, uh reason he's been going off is just because sabonis is injured and there's more minutes and there's more shots
0: yeah the the, the sort of that thing I'd add, add on, I'd add on to that is like it's not like i don't think he got a, like a ton better like i think he just started hitting his like threes. like i think he just went through the ultimate hot stretch from three um and just couldn't miss and that was really the differentiator is like if he'd been hitting his threes at 52 percent all season like he would have been averaging 35 anyway like um don't ignore the fact that he was he's been a 20 point per game scorer right now did his his and his shots also went up because sabonis injured. there's a lot of factors into it um i also don't think tj warren is ever gonna like have that kind of stretch again in his career so like don't throw tj warren a max contract all of a sudden or like you know don't expect him to be making all nba first <laughs> team for real next year um but for this, just this bubble, he's deserving of all uh, the all-bubble first team, I would say. Um,
1: yeah. yeah that was, it I was pretty cool much long. agree with their first team.
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess it, sort of the biggest news that we've yet to cover um, is that there's been some really big front office changes around the NBA the last couple of days, um, sort of right as the bubble has come to a close. Um, and so I'm wearing a Bulls shirt right now. I think that we should start it off with – Mr. Jim Boylan, um, the uh, the NBA world yeah, kind he, of you exploded. love that bullshit. I do wear it a lot on these episodes, especially. Um, but but the whole NBA world kind of exploded yes. in joy and general excitement for for Chicago um, when Jim Boylan was fired. I, I I literally just like I rolled out of bed and I get and I I check my phone. It's like ESPN notification five minutes ago. Um, Jim Boylan fired. I, I literally just went what and i like started like screaming i was like oh my god oh my god, my god, i was like super excited and my and my dad's like i mean my dad's like why are you like why are you so happy and i'm like the bulls just fired their head coach he's like why do you care um it's, it's, the, bulls. it's, it's not like the, Knicks, the bulls right <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't think you understand how much the nba world hates this man um and, and <laughs> you gotta feel a little bit bad for him um I totally feel bad for him. I'm not, like, like,
1: I, I know uh, King of the Fourth Quarter talked to him, and it's like, he's a nice guy. You yeah, know? Like, I mean, I'm sure he is. He's a nice
0: dude. But we can all agree that he really was not good at his job. Now, could either of us have done better? No, yeah. no. Um, but we're also 17 years old. Um, <laughs> I guess you're you're 18. But <laughs> There's a lot of people who could have done better, I guess I would say. Um, so – the fact that even hired him as the full time coach after he was the interim um, for I guess like the second half of last season was just silly. Uh, I and I and I big shout out to I forget what his name is um, the the former Nuggets guy that now the Bulls just recently hired um,
1: Arsenovis.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. Um, it, there was there were sort of, sort of some rumors that the Bulls might not actually. Pull the trigger on this because of like financial reasons. Um, which is funny, but huge W to Carson Um Sorry if I butchered that, but uh, but for actually, you know, doing that because it was it was much needed, and um, he listened to the fans, which at the end of the day will make him money, make the Bulls money.
1: Yeah, I, I think that too. I think the obvious one that most NBA fans, including myself, would be would be in favor of for the, the next candidate. Coach of yeah, yeah, would be Kenny Atkinson because he's who I wanted Agreed. the Knicks to hire. And said they hired Tom Thibodeau, which oh my god, we haven't talked about that either. We can totally talk about that. Yeah, we we're not planning this. Oh my god, Dude, complete rant. Go I, for we're it. We're talking about that next. Um, no, no, but so I think I think one Kenny Atkinson is the option. I think he did a great job with the Nets, uh, lots of ball movement, lots of culture. Um, just a lot of positivity, especially with growing a young team like the Chicago Bulls Two, This is like, I don't know, maybe it's literally cause I just heard him commentate the NBA, but Mark Jackson. Yeah. Um, I, I, and that's weird because usually I'm against like, I don't know, like the announcer. I'm like, what, like, what do they know? I want to coach who, who has been coaching and Mark Jackson hasn't coached for like, what, like, Five years at least, something like that. It's so, since the Warriors, The right? reason I say that, this, yeah, yeah, so like like six years. I think he got fired six years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But the reason I say that is because I'm beginning to make like a shift into I value someone who is watching NBA games every night as opposed to maybe like a college coach or even an assistant coach, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I think there is a significant value to that. Whereas like yeah, Tibbs, uh, he hasn't been he hasn't been coaching. And he hasn't been commentating.
0: I'm not. I'm not really sure. I'm. I'm on board with the like. He's commentating. He's been watching NBA games every night. Like, I guess that makes sense. But uh, all of these guys are have a great basketball minds. I think. I think what they've accomplished in their career is far more important. So you can make the argument like you know college coaches they don't know the NBA game. They know the college game. And so Mark Jackson clearly has consumed a lot of NBA. Um, he played in the NBA, he coached in the NBA, now he's commentating in the NBA. I, I understand the argument. Um, still, I, I think when you look at the resume of coaches available, I think you should go with Kenny Atkinson because he's coming off of a really great stretch in Brooklyn, in my opinion. Um, I, I think the argument against him is that like, he's not an excellent X's and O's coach in, in like a Brad Stevens kind of way where like. Coming out of the timeout, he's gonna draw you up a play that gets you a bucket. But in terms of player development, in terms of building a locker room and building a great culture, sort of a developing core, I, I think that he's excellent at that. Um, so if you surround, if you, if you get that kind of guy to sort of lead your, to lead your locker room and surround him with guys who can sort of make up for his shortcomings in the X's and O's side of things, I think that's a recipe for success. So I agree with your Kenny Atkinson thing. Mark Jackson, I don't, I don't dislike as a, as a um, option either, but not because he's a commentator.
1: Yeah, though, the, the I think the thing that appeals to me about commentators becoming coaches who have already been coaches yeah. before is that I don't. Know, I feel like if you got fired like five or ten years ago, you could have. This sounds crazy to say, but you could have like. Missed the three point
0: revolution. I mean, I feel like you're directly ob- talking no, about Tibbs right now. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> so um, just talk about just fully transition to okay. Go for it. Commit to <laughs> okay, it. <laughs> dude,
1: okay. Rant. Oh my God, I cannot believe the Knicks hired Tom Thibodeau. And I cannot believe we haven't talked about it on this podcast until right I now. I, um, I, I guess it technically happened while the bubble was happening. So I'm I really guess not sure this, why, this why you're so
0: negative about this. I'm
1: so negative about this. Let me let me explain okay. and then you can you can combat me. Okay, yeah. so I I saw this. I was so upset. I was like, this is the worst thing ever. Reasons this is the worst thing ever. Um number one, he like is used to like I, I wouldn't say he's used to vets, because D Rose was still D Rose was still like kinda young when he coached him, but I don't know, he's used to like older dudes, he used to he's used to championship contending he's like never had like a young team and like been successful with them as opposed to someone like Kenny Atkinson, who has absolutely done that. Uh, I think his, his system is totally outrated, uh, outdated, sorry. um, Like guys like Kenny Atkinson and other guys, like they would shoot a lot of threes. Um, they would pick up the pace. Tom Thibodeau is all about defense, which is fine. I love defense. Great. He's, he's all about slowing the game down. He, he kind of is, he's slightly Jim Boylan-esque in that like, he's about slowing the game down he's about discipline he's about doing a lot of sprints he's about he's about overplaying his players to like just get overplayed I think that putting Tom Thibodeau in a locker room he 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 treats you like as a professional yes but I feel like he puts more pressure on you than like even than like a David Fisdale and so like if whoever we draft or even RJ Barrett, like, yeah, you just got drafted to New York city. So you're like, you're like, RJ Barrett's is top 10 in Jersey sales for no reason, except for the name on the front of his Jersey. And like, sure.
0: just, I feel like that World would overall pick even, for the biggest market. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Tibbs just puts even more pressure on his players. Like if the Knicks drafted like Lamella ball, I think that could be disastrous. I, I and that and just he's outdated he doesn't shoot a lot of threes I
0: just well, think I think it's a little bit naive to and he was bad in
1: Minnesota team. too
0: but I, but I think it's a little bit naive to just say like he's outdated because we still haven't seen him in a couple of years it's like are we really going to assume that he's just been doing nothing except for sitting on his couch the last couple of years like don't you think that he's like working on a new system don't you think he's going to be don't you think that the, the Knicks like vetted him at least a little bit to be like well, you're going to have to start shooting more through. You have to work with a roster. Like I, I kind of trust that. I, I think Tim's a really smart guy. And I, and I agree that he's not going to change his ways in terms of being a hard ass, knowing what he wants from his players, not taking any drama, right? Like he's going to just, he's going to play the vets who, you know, who give him the best production, right? Um, like Kevin Knox might drown. He might drown, I don't, which is why I, I don't have like. a pro- I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I, I, Cause here's the thing. I'm, I'm dead serious. Kevin Knox is going to, he's, he's going to have this season to figure it out. Or he's like, he's gone from New York. And I think that's okay. Like you're talking about pressure being on, I think, honestly, for, for some young guys, like, I think that can kind of make or break some guys, um, it's, it's kind of Tim's way of doing it is like, you're going to buy in. I'm going to make you into a very disciplined, hardworking player and you're going to go on to have a very successful NBA career, right? You're going to become one of my guys, you know, like the Taj Gibsons of the world, or you're not, you're going to, you're just going to bust. But I think all that's doing is really accelerating the inevitable. Like if Kevin Knox isn't going to become anything in the next year, by like his third year, like is he really going to go on to become something for another team? If we let go of him, I don't think so. The same thing is true with Frankie McKenna, Mitchell Robinson. Like I think that Tom Thibodeau is going to rush things. Yes. And and I and I think that that's dangerous for a young core, but in some ways it's sort of like, well, let's see, but let's see what we've got. Tom Thibodeau is going to get a lot, I think, out of some of our guys, and some of the guys who kind of fall to the wayside. Like, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Um, in terms of the shooting threes thing, like like I sort of said, I I don't know that like like I agree that he wasn't perfectly up to date with the shooting threes thing in in Minnesota. Like he kind of is like, if you're not shooting super well from three, you kind of just shouldn't shoot them. Like, he's not about, like, league average three-point shooting guys. Um, which he should that, be. That feeds into his discipline thing, right? He's not totally up to date, but I don't I don't think it's fair to say yet that, like, he hasn't changed at all on that. Like, I don't think – I think people are associating, like, 2010 Bulls basketball with exactly what he's going to bring to the Knicks, which I don't think is entirely accurate. Is he going to be still a little bit too attached to the 2010 Bulls? Probably. Um but I don't think it's, that's exactly what he's gonna bring to the next. Um, so I see the concerns. I, 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 I do. I don't think he's a perfect hire. But I think for a roster, it actually makes a little bit of sense. For guys, for, you know, arguably the best player on a roster is Mitchell Robinson. Tom Thibodeau is the best possible hire for Mitchell Robinson in my eyes, right? So sad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's a little Mitchell bit...
1: Mitchell Robinson is awesome. I love but, him. But if, but if, <laughs> but,
0: the, but the biggest problem with Mitchell Robinson is that he fouls all the time. He's not disciplined in the defensive end, as great as his defensive potential is. Thibodeau is going to make him a disciplined defender, right? And so then that's how we take Mitchell Robinson to being, you know, one of the top X defenders in the NBA. Is it perfect? No um would i have rather to be hired kenny atkinson yes am i like was i like oh no oh no oh no you know we, we messed up <laughs> no i i don't i don't hate it i, I, I kind of like dude. it i'm not panicking and um at the end of the okay. day if we have to hire if we have to fire tom thibodeau so be it but i don't think it's going to be the disaster that jim boylan was i think that comparison is totally outrageous
1: But we signed him for five years. That was that's one of the worst parts. We signed him for five years. Like yeah. we're there I will that's, I will that's make a bet with you and we'll have we'll justified. have we'll have proof on the internet. We'll yeah. have we'll have proof on the internet here. If he lasts the five years, fifty bucks. I'll give you fifty
0: dollars. Do I have to give you fifty bucks if he doesn't?
1: If he doesn't, you give me ten.
0: <laughs> okay, I I can do that. I can do that.
1: It's five to one. Yeah. Okay. okay I'll, deal. Okay. Deal. Yes, deal. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> if You're you know, excited for that five years?
0: <laughs> I'm being way too optimistic. I, I I know it too. I know, I know this is coming back to bite me. I am not winning this bet, but I'm taking it. I'll, yes. Deal.
1: <laughs> what are you gonna <laughs> not buy with your fifty dollars? <laughs> uh. A what am I gonna Thibodeau buy with my 10? Hey, <laughs> okay. Uh, <can> another <laughs> another
0: RJ Barrett jersey. You're up in those up in those sales, maybe.
1: <laughs> up in those jersey sales is like exactly. <laughs> so, give, okay.
0: give more give more money to our dysfunctional friends. Yeah,
1: dude. I don't know. I, I guess we can just talk about oh by the way, another non-shadow to Yahoo, by the way. <laughs> Yahoo's <laughs> trash. It literally I typed in Tom Thibodeau Nick's, could not find the contract. I had to type it, I had to go to Google and, and type it in. Um, <laughs> okay, so I guess to one we can of just th- talk about uh, He's other- one of
0: three <laughs> of the big signings. We want that massive Tom Thibodeau tangent yeah. in the middle of Jim Boylan. So back to Jim Boylan for one okay. second. Fantastic move. Huge dub for the Chicago Bulls. Let's go. Future's bright. Okay, Vlade Divac stepping down as GM of the Kings. Good thing he did it because this- the Kings were going to have to. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's facts. I think <laughs> th- the Kings sorry. <laughs>
1: he didn't. How long, do you know how long he had his job? I don't, Too long. I don't know. I, no, I don't know. Like, it, I don't know, but he, the Kings haven't,
0: haven't made the playoffs he, in 14 years. That's, that is true. I would also recommend if you were, if you were currently listening to this and have not seen the legend of winning video, um, where he goes over all of the bad draft picks that the Kings have made in the last like decade, go watch that. When, when you finish this, like, and subscribe first, or whatever, whatever, this. whatever platform. Yeah. You know, once you finish this, go watch Legend of Winning on YouTube talking about the King's draft picks. They're horrendous in the draft with the, or they have been in the Vladivoc era. And I'm not even just talking about the Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic thing because Marvin Bagley hasn't been healthy, whatever. You can like try to make an excuse, even though that was a terrible pick. Um there's just it's been super problematic problematic. Like it it's been a long time since they've made a really successful pick. Like DeMarcus Cousins, I guess. Um, but then he was gone in, like, a few years because he couldn't get along with people like Vali Divac. anyway, whatever. Same thing. Uh, one of the biggest – one of the big stories from the NBA this year um, was how much the Kings, like, fell off uh, and how they went from, like, the most fun team to watch to, like, kind of depressing again. Um, they had, like, one good year with David Yeager and, and you know, uh, De'Aaron Fox and all that. And then they fired they, they fired David Yeager, um, sort of under, under order from Vlade Divac. It was basically just because Vlade Divac and David Yeager couldn't agree about like who to draft and what style offense to run. David Yeager was right. Like David Yeager was yeah. probably saying, we should draft Luka instead of Marvin Bagley. I don't know why, but Vlade Divac is this you don't weird, know that. weird, he has a weird obsession with like big men and like old school like basketball philosophy and stuff like that. Like I think he's a little bit too self absorbed or something. Um, Vlad Divac is—it's it's, the way that he was running this organization was just problematic. Is is the easy way to put it. And the the Kings are going to be a lot better off without him at the helm. I would say. Maybe I'm being too negative. I feel, um, but I but it, sort of like you know, all the mistakes I, I think in the he, Kings he are rushing job. back to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's bad at job. It came as kind of out of the blue because he was always just kind of a constant in my in my NBA career. He. he in my nba watching career yeah yeah um it it was always like oh yeah james dolan was the worst owner vladi divak is the worst gm or whatever and that was always the punchline. and so and so you you made a tweet and i on our space the floor account follow us on twitter at space the floor and i and i as space the floor (laughs) (laughs) responded to you You yeah you were like you were like the bulls fired jim boylan uh and the and the and the kings fired Vlade divok so the knicks are officially the worst franchise again in, in the nba yeah, and I, I, I just responded i was like and the Suns are good too <laughs> are yeah good
0: too. <laughs> yeah I, it was it was it was they were already the worst franchise in basketball so yeah uh, what i said was they had, they no longer have any competition it's like they're now in a league of, they're not just they're not just 30th they're like 30th and 29th is way better um <laughs> There's a big gap there, so so rough. Um, it's, it's I feel like NXT I'm NXT always still. ask.
1: I, I feel like I'm always asking this question. Yeah, but have you watched Game of Zones? So yeah. have you watched the Sun Kings episode? The Sun K- okay, so the premise. By the way, if you're watching this. After you finish this video and like and subscribe on YouTube,
0: so you should go
1: and watch. And <laughs> go and watch the Sun. Go and watch uh, Bleacher Force Game of Zones, and just type in "Sun Kings" like S-U-N-K-I-N-G-S. And it's basically the premise. It, it was like last year. It was basically the premise that the Suns and the Kings were so bad that they had to combine teams to create one team <laughs> that could maybe get like the eight seed. Yeah, and, and I'm like and so in my mind I don't, I don't know if I tweeted I was like bro I'll like bro Vladi got fired because the sons no longer needed the kings because they were good and so it just like wow. Vladi got overthrown like kings just fell off they, di- they diverted good so, reference yes, that is my son king analogy. yes so and, okay so moving on yeah. lastly I think we got the news today uh <laughs> alvin gentry got fired he was the coach of the pelicans NBA and this per- seemed, i guess a little oh yeah this seemed a little bit out of the blue for me i don't know what to think like i, I guess it makes sense he's been there for a while um yeah i, I think um
0: well, i i was sort of what i have down in my notes is that like he always seems to me like a pretty well respected and well-liked guy um so I, i've i been, been hearing rumors a little bit sort of rumblings that this might happen. Um, sort of. I don't know where. Like, in my NBA content streams, like, it went in one ear and like kind of went out the other. But I sort of <laughs> remembered the he- hearing this somewhere that this was going to happen. Um, and, and at the time, I was sort of like, like he seemed like a decent coach, right? Um, I, 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 for for like the Vlade example, I was Vlade and Jim Boylan. I was like, well, of course, like this is great. The NBA is going to be much improved just because those guys are no longer had are important members of basketball organizations. Um, whereas Alvin Guthrie is like okay well like he seemed like a perfectly reasonable head coach and I don't think the Sun or sorry the Pelicans like didn't meet expectations this year um, they were in the hunt for the playoff spot with Zion out for most of the year um, I think and and so if anything they kind of exceeded expectations with Zion out because Brandon Ingram exploded so it's like are you really going to blame Alvin Gentry? If anything, I think you just be like, okay, we missed the playoffs. Hopefully, next year with a healthy roster and some internal improvement, we be better. I don't know why you turn on Alvin Gentry now.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think maybe he might have been a scapegoat for why they just kind of shit the bed in the bubble. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I saw. Like the the minutes restriction with Zion was super weird. True.
0: True. Although and, there were a lot of people. I don't know. I don't know yeah, if I, think he I really be, saw he this. He might be but, a scapegoat. I don't know if I really saw this, but a lot of people were saying that Zion actually just looked exhausted. Um, that he actually kind of needed the meds restriction. That he was out of shape. I, I wasn't really. I didn't really notice that. I, I, I did <laughs> yeah. notice. I wasn't I on that bandwagon. Was, I did notice that he wasn't playing defense. Um, like like on the offensive end, he didn't really look that tired. But I did kind of notice that like his usual sort of jumping out the gym for like monster blocks and, and like he just kind of disappeared defensive end, which. Maybe it's just like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that could have been it. Maybe he wasn't out of shape. Maybe he didn't need to be sitting. Maybe he actually needed more minutes to just get back used to playing basketball. Um, Something was a little bit off. Um, And so, I I don't know. I'm I'm not even totally sure that putting him on a menstruation was wrong. But it was really weird that it felt like they were losing games because they were losing close games because Zion just wouldn't be in for all of the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, I think, again, I think Kenny Atkinson would be great for this team too because they're they're very young, um, and I, I think it, like it's it's awkward for a for a coaching interview because it's like what would you change about the play style between our two best players Zion and Brandon Ingram? It's like they have not played together. <laughs> like it's True. it's as good of a guess as mine as anyone else's.
0: Yeah. And, um, and and one thing. So it, it's going to be very weird whoever's going to take over this head coaching job is actually also going to have their hands full a little bit because having Alonzo and Zion, I I forget who I heard say this, but having Alonzo and Zion in the same sort of half court offense is a little bit problematic because both of those guys are elite transition players offensively um, and not as good in the half court. Like Zion's biggest strength in the half court offense is like post touches, which is sort of a dying breed in the NBA. um, And also like, put backs slash like his own offensive rebounds so it's like he's kind of relying on his own inefficiency for points sometimes it's like it's weird and, and alonzo is like actually like super below average as like a playmaker and scorer in the half court but is like a great passer in transition it's a weird fall off um i don't know so it's so whoever whoever's taking over that offensive scheme is going to have to do some big brain stuff to like make that all work the same kind of the same way that like, we're not sure Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can ever really function together. We could run into that with Lonzo and Zion, except Lonzo is not Ben Simmons. Lonzo's just not as good. Yeah.
1: Sorry. You cut, you cut out, you cut out there for a little bit. I
0: was, Um, I I don't know if I, I basically compared the Lonzo and Zion stagnant in the half court as like two, two, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, um, and eventually yeah, see that to kind of like thing. a much except except to,
1: to like a much lesser degree.
0: Exactly, yeah, exactly. Because because Ben Simmons is like an all star, an elite tier like point guard in the league, and I don't think Lonzo Ball will ever be that. Um, so there's obviously a skill gap, but the same sort of like dysfunction in the, in the starting lineup we could start to see for the uh, for the Pelicans.
1: Yeah, all right. I think we have everything we wanted to cover do you have anything else any other topics you want to cover
0: i i guess really quickly i would i would like to talk about the the sort of like instagram effect um bull, Bull, like kind of exploded onto the scene um and he was like playing well but it's like he'd have a 10 point game and it's like all 10 points would be like separate clips on like the bleacher report in house of highlights instagram it's like so, if you're just a normal person watching, not actually watching the Nuggets, just paying attention to social media, you'd think that that Bull Bull was like all bubble first team or something like that, you know, <laughs> which he wasn't. He was, I, I still have him as like a breakout player because he went from basically not playing. I think he didn't, I think his NBA debut was in the bubble. Um, it
1: was. It was. Which so is went, crazy. Yeah,
0: so, he went from not playing a single minute in the NBA, just in the G League, to being a legit rotational player for the nuggets but don't expect next year him to be like the starting power forward or center or like i don't even know what position he plays um honestly don't you
1: you might not he might not get playoff minutes like at all because during this bubble i think jeremy grant has been injured for a bit will barton has been injured for a little bit yeah those guys are gonna get minutes
0: so. so so what i mean by the instagram effect is that like Yes, Bulbul is really good. He has a lot of potential. He's not like some unstoppable like potential of you know Kevin Durant with like Hakeem Olajuwon's footwork and like prime Dwight Howard blocking ability. That's not who he is. Although, but, but you would think that from also, Instagram. Although
1: I will, I'm gonna give myself credit here. If you go back like a year ago mm-hmm. today, I dropped a STF solo and. and I would steals of the draft, and one of them was Bull Bull, and he went 46th overall. So, 44, think, 44. For, yeah, 44th overall. So, like, it was him. Uh, he was a hit. I think Kevin Porter. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Porter, I, I had as a hit. Nikki Alexander Walker doesn't look that great. And then I, I forget who is my fourth. But yeah, I don't know. I just want to plug that video. Yeah, yeah uh, nice. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to, I told you earlier, but just for people listening, we're coming out with a few SDF solos. Mine's going to be on mascots. It'll be fun. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space the Floor. We hope you enjoyed. Follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast and Twitter at Space the Floor. If you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Keep listening. And thank you so much. It. My name is Connor Yeelan.
0: And I'm Connor Flyer. Yeah.
1: And see you next time. Peace. Shout out to the Sun's Twitter account. Good one.